0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. is astride this night for a ride the devil and she together through thick and through thin now out and then in though no foul be the weather a thorn or a burr she takes for a spur with a lash of a bramble she rides now Though brakes and though briars over the ditches and mires, she follows the spirits that guide now. No beast for his food dares now range the wood, but hushed in his lair he lies lurking, while mischief by these on land and on seas at noon of night are working. The storm will arise and trouble the skies this night and more for the wonder. The ghost from the tomb arighted shall come, called out by clap and by thunder. By Here on RPA, yeah, that's real paranormal activity, and guess what, I had the chance to get another broadcast heading out your way in a hurry, you know, because I happened to be in the studio, and I actually had some uh, guests come into the studio with me this time so we can get the sound and everything right and i uh did a replay of that poem that's the hag by robert herrick that was from 1648 so uh for the people that think there's no originality anymore yeah that's because it was all used back in 1648 let me introduce these uh people i'm gonna call them people because they are actually wide-eyed this uh this time, usually everybody wonders what the heck's going on. First, I'm going to introduce the ladies first, and the first one I'm going to introduce is Amanda. How you doing, Amanda?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? I am
0: doing perfectly fine. You're all the way from Pittsburgh.
1: That's right. On a little road trip here. Just went through Nashville. Now, here visiting my friends, Rob and Janessa.
0: So, what made you go on a road trip?
1: Uh, my significant other is graduating from dental school. So, I um, came down with him to celebrate and see all my friends. I used to live here for four years. So see, I know they happy. I, I love Florida. My heart's down here.
0: Well, let me introduce one of the uh, ladies sitting next to you. That's JD2.
2: What up, girl? Nothing much. Looks How are like you some doing? lights. Yeah, Snazzy. yeah. The,
0: it's it's like a strobe here in the studio.
2: Woo-hoo.
0: It's like uh, people don't believe me when I say I'm sitting in a 3.3 million dollar studio. It's <laughs> it's actually a major studio I'm in. Uh, and the other person sitting beside you is Mr. Rob Horton. Hey, Rob, what's up, man? doing pretty good sir. You look very happy. I am ecstatic to be here. Dude, I am glad actually I have live people in the studio to sit <laughs> with me and keep me company in this little journey that we call the Sandman lullaby. And what the Sandman lullaby is, it's a safe place where we could talk about dreams. And you know, the experience of dreams because a lot of people dream certain dreams that usually freak them the hell out. And they have no understanding of them. And usually people that try to explain it to them usually have no idea what the Sam hell they're talking about. And uh, the gift is it's just trying to figure out how everything's going this way. And uh, how I'm going to begin this little journey is talking to Amanda. Amanda, why don't you give us some background information about yourself?
1: Oh, well, um, we're connected, and I met you through the Lost Storytellers group on Facebook. And I am a Lost Storyteller and just a creative person. I'm um, a screenwriter and a filmmaker, and um, I'm also a healthcare professional. I work as a medical technologist. That's how I pay my bills until the day I make it big. But um, I have stories to tell, and a lot of that has to do with um, being a suicide survivor. And I've had a lot of dreams and nightmares. for many years, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that later.
0: J.D., some background information about yourself.
2: Um, I'm an Aries.
0: <laughs> that's cool. So I'm a- Aries is what you see is what you get.
2: Right, exactly. You're I'm... like
0: Popeye the Sailor
2: Man. <laughs> Um, I'm 23. I'm from Colorado. I moved down here a little over two years ago to come live with Robbie, and we've been on a constant Adventure. So I got.
0: It. Rob, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
3: Well, I don't really know
0: where to start, but I'll. go to start far somewhere? As
2: far <laughs> back
3: as I can. Well, <laughs> well uh, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, from there, <laughs> I joined the Air Force and was stationed in Wyoming uh, for missile and space facilities maintenance. Um, after that, getting to the point here, uh, I met. Amanda, she was looking for a uh, film guru, so uh, I answered the call there and didn't really know if I was a film guru or not, but I gave her the best I could, you know, to help and he's multi talented. I, I also have started a side business for consulting and tech services and basically anything, a one-stop shop called uh, Horton Hears You Too on Facebook.
0: Cool. Cool. Amanda, we're going to go to you real quick. Quick question. Uh, what shocked you in your dreams?
1: Um, Well, I've had encounters with spirits and um, paralysis and night terrors.
0: Okay, so you have sleep paralysis.
1: No, not anymore.
0: Okay, well, tell me how uh, some of the first experiences were and probably how you got over this.
1: (sighs) Well, um, after my suicide attempt, I was way worse than I'd ever been, and um, I basically couldn't recognize myself in the mirror and... I mean, I could have been possessed, but I was haunted in my dreams. Right. Um, I would go through sleep paralysis where I'd lay in bed at night and feel like I couldn't move. And I'd open my eyes and wish myself to wake up, and I would. But one night, um, I had sleep paralysis, and I'm stuck in my bed, and I woke up. I'm like, I'm going to wake up and open my eyes. And I opened my eyes, and there's a spirit on top of me and telling me the horrors of his life and death or whatever. And never been more terrified in my life. So I cried out the name of Jesus. Right. And a light hit me in my heart, and I knew I'd always be safe. And all the nightmares stopped for many years until the time was right to. So when did all this happen? How old were you? I was 14. You were 14? Yeah, 14, 15.
0: JB, have you ever had any night terrors?
2: Indeed, JD. Um, I've had a few really bad nightmares, some of them reoccurring and some of them from just like an early age that set into my brain as a memory, more so than the reality I was actually in. So I have some things that have stuck with me over time.
0: Like, for example?
2: Um, Well, when I was younger, uh, I kind of had like a rough relationship with my parents. Um, I had a dream about my mother. She was upstairs, and she was happy. She was cleaning. She was, like, a very loving, touching mother, which is, like, kind of what I always wanted her to be, and I'd get a taste of it here and there. And downstairs was a very angry, super stressed-out individual who kind of had a little bit of a hatred. And I remember going in the middle of the stairs and hearing both of them call out my name. And I was just so terrified I sprung awake, and that dream has stuck with me ever since I was a little girl. And when I finally got out of the nest and started uh, researching Zodiacs, I figured out she was a Gemini-Taurus mix. And I was like, my young mind kind of figured out the aspects of her personality.
0: Okay, hold on. Gemini-Taurus mix. Gemini is, I think, Taurus is to have, so I think to have.
2: Yeah. So it it was a fun experience, really, but... It, like, helped me understand, I guess, at a younger age, what was going on behind the door.
0: Are these still reoccurring dreams?
2: No, that one wasn't a reoccurring. That was one that kind of took a place in my head as a memory. Like, yeah. it was, like, something I remember more vividly than most of my early childhood memories. Mm-hmm. was that dream.
0: You're looking nervous as I'm staring at you. Not at all. Okay, well, because you know where the question's going to go.
3: Yeah, I like going last. (laughs) This works out well for me. Well,
0: that's cool. So uh, how about you? Have you ever had uh, night terrors or anything like that that disturbed you in your dreams?
3: Well, sure. Uh, When I was younger, I had an experience where I was having a reoccurring nightmare where I was in something like a mall uh, alone. And uh, there was like a horde of zombies or something of that nature, spirits, if you will, uh, chasing me through this mall. Um, it did reoccur quite a few times until I learned how to actually lucid dream and control my dreams, um, to which I probably did that at about age 10, maybe 12. And at that point, uh, someone had told me, Hey, why don't you try actually interacting in your dream? And I was like, all right, I'll try that next time I go to sleep. And sure enough, next time I went to sleep, this horde starts coming at me, chasing me. And I was like, why am I running? So I turned around and I manifested in my dream, of course these two submachine guns or whatever. Oh, really? Right, and I whipped them out and just started mowing it down. I haven't had a nightmare since. Really? <laughs> no, I always turn it around now. It's always easier to interact with the dream than let it chase you into a hole. Well, you're a musician.
0: Yes, sir. Okay, do you get any influence from your dreams in any of your music?
3: Hmm. I mostly use my music to control my emotional state. okay. So I think that that does ultimately link into uh, my dreams and how I'm able to kind of manipulate that as such as a knowledge of, hey, this is just emotions playing it out in your own head.
0: Do you hear music inside your dreams
3: sometimes? Hmm. I'd say most of the time it's a silent picture. To
0: be honest, I, really? I do really. So you really don't hear a lot of noise or anything like that? Yeah.
3: Well, I didn't want to get this deep so fast. No, that's but cool. That's well, cool. What I'm saying We're going is, down the is... rabbit hole in on this one. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. So after learning how to lucid dream, I basically got to the point to where I was actually asking questions as I fell asleep. Right. And basically seeing the outcome and my life in the future, which is plays into a lot of my deja vu.
0: So how is your deja vu? It gets confusing at times. Really? Sometimes. Does it really get scary sometimes? Uh, well. Or does it? Is it just is it a scare or is it like an affirmation kind of?
3: More so an affirmation usually because uh, if I'm posing a question like, oh, I have this job interview tomorrow, how's it going to go? I can basically preview my experience before it happens and attempt. I say attempt because I've never really successfully changed an outcome. However, I can attempt to adjust to that and make uh, minor changes in the scenario to make it work out in the favor of whatever I'm trying to do.
0: Okay. Amanda, I'm jumping back to you. Dreams in artistry. Okay, because I know you do video production, and do you see a lot of change that you can influence from your dreams into some of your production?
1: Um. Well, my screenplays are all based off of my dreams. Okay. So, for me dreams are more of our reality than what we're going through and um, the visions that they have are beautiful and I don't know just it has to be shared they have to be shared. Well give me one example
0: of one of your dreams that you kind of worked in some of your uh, videography.
1: Um, Well I just have these grand visions of this woman this protagonist Maria Jones and she climbs on these big uh, water towers, basically, and it's a circus. So she climbs up to the top and she has to skydive off and fall through the clouds, and she gets taken to all these different magical places that are based off of locations here in um, Tampa Bay and Sarasota. So um, ideally I'd like to portray that kind of scene and imagery of somebody chasing after their dreams.
0: Okay. JD, two.
2: Hey. What
0: about you? Do you draw some influence from your dreams into some of your creativity of normal day life?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I I feel like I exist on the dream plane more than the reality plane. I'll catch myself daydreaming and visualize something in my head and automatically want to create that on paper, positive or negative. It just helps me process everything better. So. I used to have a book back when I first met Robbie on the mountain and I would have a picture drawn on one side or painted or whatever I felt like doing that day along with a poem expressing what it was I had just gone through on the other side. And most of it was like when I was zoning out or astral projecting out of my body and just like the different situations that would happen and what I felt during that. So I guess like poetry and art, I'd put them together in my binder, and it's kind of like my journal.
0: Can you talk to me about the process that you go through when you Astro project?
2: Um It mainly happened to me when I was younger and more open-minded and less uh, less wounded by life, I feel like. Really? Yeah. And I would float out of my body just like calmly, just it was like a natural sucking out of my body. Like it was really easy for me to go out. like it was like I have to claw to stay down here. And I would float out, look down at my little head like because I was mainly younger and see like those little weird beads that my mom would put in my hair. you know like those rubber bands with the two beads on it. They snap your head with it sometimes.. Right. <laughs> and I would like look down at me sit- sitting in the chair in the desk, writing, and I would float out in the hallways and just wander a little bit and come back. It- that was my asteroid projecting type of a feel for things. Every once in a while now, I'll feel like a slight tugging. And like my eyes will start slowly, like going cross, kind of. I feel like I feel like I start leaving what's going on down here, but I have to claw to stay down here because I got stuff to do. Like I can't just float out and wander, or just zone out and see what's going on on the other side. Like I got a lot on my plate to stay grounded for.
0: Okay, but like what you were saying, it's just when you were younger, the dreams came to a lot more easier.
2: Exactly, because I wasn't fighting it.
0: So what do you think? Well, besides that, what do you think changed when you got older? Is it your environment that got changed? Or environment and my your... point
2: of view on things. Okay. Like like what? Like when I was younger, I feel like I was more positive and innocent and like um, unknowing, kind of like naive. And as I got older, everybody's like, "Oh, you need to stop doing that," and like, "You need to protect yourself. You need to have better discernment." And like there. Those things were, like, said in good light to them, but it just, like, it slowly put little chains on my head to, like, just don't touch it at all in order to protect yourself. And now that I've gotten older and come into my own, like, understanding of spirituality, I'm trying to get back to that level where I can do it naturally in, like, a controlled time. But it's a little bit more difficult because of the added stress of life and what people tell me I can and cannot do based on, like reality without being qualified as, like, crazy. <laughs>
0: I don't think you're crazy. Rob, What do you do? You think you dreamed a lot more when you were younger or when you were a little older now where you're at right now in your life?
3: I would have to say that I don't think that the quantity has changed, m- more so the quality. Cool, cool. Um, but touching on what Janessa was talking about, about astro projection, I believe it does stem from an understanding of your dreams and your connection to your body. Um I have had experiences that have encountered others to where they would describe it to me later and I'd already forgotten about it. And uh, it reminded me, it's like, oh yeah, I did try to do that, but I didn't think it was real. And I believe that also touches on another subject where if uh, you believe you can do something, you're right, and as well as if you believe you can't. I believe that was a a quote uh, from Henry Ford. Possibly. No,
0: I have no idea. You're
3: someone of that nature. Someone that's more wiser than
0: <laughs> me. Well, so going, going on that genre, who would you say is one of your favorite writers?
3: Hmm. That's a good one. <sighs> I'd have to go back to probably poetry and say Robert Frost.
0: Cool. And why?
3: Uh, when I was in school, it was probably one of the first uh, poems that I was told to read. And it, I think it was called Winter. And uh, he was able to do something that I find it hard even today as a freelance writer to do, which is add in uh, fluff and character into things. Uh, More like a manuscript type writer. I just, this is what it is, and that's it, you know. But to have the ability to add uh, meaningful fluff, we'll say, that actually adds to the scenery and everything.
0: So it adds the flavor. Right, Exactly. JD2, who would you say is one of your favorite
2: writers? I love John Keats. I absolutely would. I would go to the library and they would give away these free books, and I came into one of John Keats' books with the best collections, and I would read that almost every day. He was my favorite poet.
0: Any thing you remember from keats
2: um there's his poem a thing of beauty and he starts it off with like a thing of beauty is a joy forever its loveliness will never fade never pass into nothingness like that would just like i would read that and be like i wish i could be that and that was kind of like my goals for myself unknowing that it was our i was already that i was setting unrealistic standards for myself but like I was like, this is what he's describing as beautiful and somebody that he loves. And I would just sit there and I'd be trying to manifest that for myself and just read it over and over again and visualize it. It made me really happy inside.
0: Dear, I'm looking at you right now, and I could see the aura, and you are manifesting. So I'm very <laughs> proud of you, Amanda. Who would you say is your favorite writer?
1: I have two, if you allow me. Go for it. Okay, so first one is Joseph Campbell. Okay, because I'm a fan of the hero's journey.
0: Okay, and that helped give me, me as give, a writer. Give me, give me, give me some information um,
1: about He it. just has this theory that all stories are created the same, and it's this reoccurring hero's journey that is just replayed over and over again. Um, it features uh, life and death and then rebirth. So it's got to have the whole cycle. Um, and that's what really makes a good movie.
0: And your second writer?
1: Um, he's a Swedish director called Igmar Bergman. I don't know if you've seen them. They're really cool black and white, kind of very psychological thrillers from the 1950s. Really? Yeah.
0: Actually, that was before I was born. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I read Lovecraft, so you got you know I go far back. So uh, what what influence does uh, he actually pull upon your soul?
1: Um, well, his movies are very dark and haunting, right? And he uses a lot of symbolism of like clocks and time and silence, and um, it really comes across as a way like a dream would come across. So. Um, for me, as a writer trying to write about my dreams, I've found it helpful to watch and learn from him and the techniques he's used.
0: Okay, and I got a question for you, just for you. Now, you're talking about your past, when your childhood, when you went through a suicide attempt. And you know, I'm sorry to hear that, but what advice would you give others that are out there that might be filling the same pool?
1: Um, I would say you need to know that you're loved. Um, The most important thing in the world is that you are loved by somebody. Um, You are loved by the creator of the universe, whether you choose to believe in um, Christianity or Buddhism or however you identify um, love. It could be through a parent, through a family member, or just the fact that you have been brought into this world and you are loved. Um, For me, that's the only thing that really helped me get out of depression. Um, For my case, it was the love of God, because nobody could reach me. I didn't feel love from anybody. But um, that helped me a lot, and, uh, you know, the most important thing is to reach out and tell somebody that you love, because believe it or not, there are a lot of people that care about you.
0: Where do you get a lot of your spirituality from?
1: Just a real, tangible relationship with um, my personal Savior, who, you know, people call Jesus, but is like my invisible friend and has guided me to the person I am today.
0: What do you think you go to when you dream?
1: Definitely uh heavenly bodies, um lessons are learned. I've revisited nightmares and um really had a whole saga of adventures that you know are still terrifying at times to have nightmares, but um at the end there's a lesson and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's
0: what I was going to ask you. Did you, have you had closure with a lot of your nightmares? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And even to the point where, um, I used to have like, you know, night terrors where like a light would shatter and it'd be like terrifying nightmare. Somebody's in your house. I had that recently and it turned into a positive experience where it was like, you know, I faced the fear and that went away and it turned into this beautiful, Lesson, and it was like destiny comes first.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. JD2. This is a classic closing question that I usually ask everybody. And I'm going to start off with you. Living or dead, who would you like to meet in your dreams?
2: Ooh. That's a tough one. You know, I think I'm going to stick in the family with this one. Um, I had a godfather when I was younger. He was uh, my mom's woodshop teacher when she was a teenager. And he became my godfather. And uh, he ended up dying when I was, like, 13, I feel like. And I hadn't really come into my own mind frame or mindset. I was kind of still, like, molded into whoever my parents were trying to create me to be. I haven't, I hadn't come into my own identity yet. But I remember... Um, She was trying to get him saved before he died, and he absolutely just shut her down on it. And so, like, I was so terrified that he was going to go to hell, and I was so scared. I I actually had a dream about it. He had come to our back door, and he was, like, dressed in black, and he was like, can you hide me? And I was like, okay, let me try. But ultimately, the thing ended up getting him. And I feel like that was just brought on by my fear of my mom being like, "We need to get him saved. He's, he's going to hell." Otherwise, but like I kind of wanted, if I can meet with him, if I was able ever able to, I would want to get his take on spirituality and why he was so stubborn and set against it, and see if he had like a spiritual path he was on other than Christianity. I want to see like where his mind frame was at because that's just like an unsolved. sorry unsolved mystery in my mind that i'm trying to piece together yeah
0: some seems like something you want to put together and actually that would have the input from his perspective to fill yours out rob living or dead who would you like to meet in your dreams
3: well uh my mother passed away when i was eight i'm sorry don't be it happened a long time ago and i've coped with it hopefully quite nicely which is basically what i would want to talk to her about see uh if i did right by her and if she likes the path i'm on and what she thinks about where i'm at now in my life um hopefully she's proud of me and i'd like to just see her again it'd be nice
0: that's cool that's cool a lot of people don't have that opportunity to to talk to their parents and you know there's a lot of insight that you could learn from that and you only have one mother and one father and it's a beautiful thing when you can have them around it's just to say hey just to say let them know hey i love you still
3: absolutely uh, i think one of the key things there also is is experiencing that type of loss at such a young age yeah really kickstarts the developmental process because um you, you start to experience that first panic and disorder in your life when uh, most people don't feel that till they're 20-something, yeah, trying what, to figure out how to pay What are rent. they going to
0: throw at you that you haven't felt before? Pretty much. Yeah. That's the idea. You're, you already got your armor on, so there's nothing that's going to stop you. You're a very wise person. I'm looking right in your eyes, and I can actually... You're very wise, Rob. Amanda. Yes. Living or dead, who would you like <laughs> to meet in your dreams?
1: Well, I've already met Morgan Freeman in my dreams, so...
0: Cool. How'd that go?
1: That was awesome. He actually, like, uh, portrayed God in the dreams. It was like meeting my father, Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Um, I think I would want to see my grandmother again. Um, I loved her a lot, and she was the one person in my life who was a shining light in the darkness that was my childhood. So I'd like to see her again and... Just give her a hug, like a soul hug.
0: Closing remarks. JD2. If you had any advice to people in their dreams or anything in their life currently that they might be suffering or that they might need some positive affirmation, here's your chance.
2: I would say go with your gut. Don't let society, your parents, an aspect of religion, which is like the laws and regulations around it, control what you feel like you can do. Just keep pushing through all the mess that is life and try to go in a positive direction and follow your gut. Make sure that you're living life to where you're not going to regret it. Like if you feel a strong pull, you resist it, fight against it and then go against it. You're going to be wondering for the rest of your life. What if I had actually done what I felt like my potential was? So go for what you're trying to go for and don't let anybody affect you.
0: If they want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you?
2: Ooh. I have a Facebook page. Um, I have a designs and graphics page if they want to go to that, or they can go to my personal <laughs> page, I suppose. So I'm cool with new friends.
0: And just on Facebook, what is that?
2: Um, it's called Jade's Graphics and Designs. On Facebook is the page where I put my editing stuff, or they can look me up by my personal page as well, which is Janessa Donnell Romero or JD2 Vampire Cat. Um, it's like, you know, the Facebook tag thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's baby. me.
0: That's her. <laughs> uh, Rob, final comments to uh, just to address the world at large.
3: Well, I'd have to say I'd love to come back and uh, discuss as deep as I could possibly go into the subject because there's a lot to talk about here, and I'm glad that we're actually talking about it. I don't feel like enough people do. Uh, same thing with uh, when you feel any type of way about something. Uh, one of the best things that I've ever thought to do which was stop thinking and start asking for help because the worst thing you can do is not tell a soul that you're in trouble and you're having problems and then come across them later or hopefully later (laughs) in some instances you don't make it back from that feeling but uh you don't come across them later and they're like man why didn't you call me why didn't you tell me i could have helped i i was right there i was right down the street and uh what I was going to mention earlier was uh, there's a a good book that I read recently called The Synchronicity Key and um, basically that talks about a lot of what we're discussing here, especially the gentleman's other uh, topics that he covers in his series Um, that's by uh, David Wilcox I believe Um, but given those circumstances and everything involved, make sure you reach out to somebody and uh, ask for help. How
0: do they get in touch with you?
3: Uh, you can reach me at my business page at Horton Hears You 2 on Facebook. That's Horton, like Horton Hears a Who. So, c- kind of came up with a little catchy thing there. It's a one stop shop. So, honestly, you can call me because I- I'll listen. I will talk to you if you need. Uh, on there, you can message me and we'll, we'll go from there. However, uh, my name on Facebook is uh, Robbie. That's like Romeo Alpha Whiskey Bravo Horton, H O R T O
0: N. Rob, you're the man. Amanda, mm-hmm. closing it out. Uh, final comments to the world at large, if you can actually just address everybody and just give your words of wisdom.
1: Yeah, Here I just piggyback on my friends who have already said, um, ask for help. Like, the best decisions I've made is to go for my goals and um, my dreams, and a big part of that is reaching out and saying, hey, I need help, I need friends, filmmaking, um, Everything creative is very collaborative, so we're all connected, and I think that um, your dreams are inspiration to get you to where you need to be in life. So um, reach out, make some friends, and make some art.
0: How do they reach you, girl?
1: I'm on Facebook, too, part of the Lost Storytellers uh, Creative Group, and my name is Amanda Farnham. You can look me
0: up. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that was JD2, Rob, and Amanda. Don't forget on Monday, 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 you got real paranormal activity. The podcast with your host, Aaron Hunter. Yeah, he's the man. He's the one that lets you know everything going on in the world of paranormal. And don't forget on Tuesday, you have Aaron's Horror Show. That's with Aaron Frail. He basically uh, goes through horror stories and horror movies. So you don't have to watch them because, like I always say, a lot of it out there is crap. But, you know, Aaron is the man and he will basically wander through the crap for you. Aaron, that's not just a bad shot. I, you're the man. And on Tuesday, uh, no, that was that was Tuesday. No, the next one would be Wednesday. See, that's what happens when you live in Florida. We we mess up elections and we let we mess up calendars. <laughs> on Wednesday, you have Terry's mysterious moments with Terry. Yeah, that's Terry from Texas. He's celebrating his second year on RPA Real Paranormal So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh yeah, don't let me forget if you want to reach me yeah that's mr patrick sean jones you could reach me on facebook uh there's also a place called the sandman lullaby or you can email me at s-a-n-d-m-a-n-l-u-b-b hold on, l-u-b-b lullaby l-u-l-u-l-l-a-b-y I'm the worst speller in the world. No, that. Right no I you. am. I, I have messed up my email so many times that I think it's going to Mars <laughs> or it's going to Trump. It's going to somebody and I'm not getting the right answer from another s- poor person that can't spell either. Yeah. I, I, it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's 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 modern education. Uh, so if you want to reach me or if you want to reach us or you wanna just talk to me, just give me a call. Give me an email, give me something like that. Otherwise, same time. Bat channel, same bat time. You have been in the Sandman Lullaby. (laughs) Ha (laughs)
2: Ha 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 ha.